Hello and welcome to Dialect for Flania, the chat show where I talk to people who will talk to me. And today I've got someone willing to talk to me and it's Ryan from the Superhero Show Show. And um, now I'll, I'll just explain what the Superhero Show Show is and how I came to discover it. Um, and that is Ryan asked me to be on his show. Now, usually I'm in my own little comfortable circle of podcasters and someone came from the outside and, and pierced the membrane of my world and said, come and be on my show and talk about the Doom Patrol. And that's how I discovered his show. And um, yeah, he uh, seems to be a very cool LA dude. Is that the way? <laughs> uh, yeah, on my business card, it says Ryan colon LA dude. Um, yeah, I just, yeah. it's my job to be an LA dude. I am always on a skateboard. I'm always drinking Mountain Dew. Just cool things like that. Excellent, excellent. And um, your show is very, very funny. And the gist of your show is you talk about all the superhero shows or all, all, all the comic book shows on tv all of them all of them every week it's insane and um when did you start was it you know in the 60s with batman or was it uh later uh 1934 the adventures of superman just comes out uh and we're like let's get a podcast together <laughs> um we started in oh man there was i think four shows on at the time right i think it was right when flash was coming out wow. and Arrow was on and Gotham was on and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was on. And uh, my partner, Mike, and I, we were like, I think this is a trend. And I don't know if this is being covered. Um, everyone was into the movies being based on comic books. But um, four at the same time, that seemed like a record of shows on at the same time. We had no idea that just a couple years later, there would be uh, 20, sometimes 20 different shows on at the same time, all based on comic books. And what keeps you going? I mean, well, actually, let's do this. What has been the worst years and the best years of, of this? Um, to answer your first question, because I am an L.A. dude, the thing that keeps us going is cocaine. I'm just going to be straight <laughs> up. Um, but it gets hard. Um, and a, a lot of it, it's like it's the sameness, you know, um, it's like eating at the same restaurant every night. All of the shows start to feel the same, and it's hard to, like, figure out stuff to talk about. All of the shows have their fans. All of the shows are made by talented people, um, but sometimes it just wore us down. Um, the worst times for us were when we were forcing ourselves to watch every episode of every iteration of The Walking Dead, and that was... Man, it was painful. Um, we didn't think it was that great of a show to start off with, you know. And as the popularity waned, um, at a certain point, we were like, "No, no more. We're not. We're gonna. We'll uh, discuss. Like, we'll have a recap. Like, we'll discuss what happened this week on the show. But we're not watching it anymore. We just we, like our sanity is too important to us." Yeah, yeah, that seems wise. I mean, Walking Dead was very good at having episodes where nothing happened except you learned a tiny bit about a character. Right. One tiny bit about, you know, what they did, you know, 15 years ago or, you know, and just like it's it's not designed to be the type of show that it is. You know, I think that the comic book was great because the zombies were so much in the background and Kirkman was good at writing character moments. He wanted to write character moments. This is not the type of TV show they wanted to make. And I think it really suffered. Yeah. Yeah. So with your comic book background, uh, were you, you know, balls deep in comics before you started all this? Yeah, I was a uh, person from the collector's era of the 90s. I was there for all of the um, hologram covers and hey. 
every hero has to have armor now and um 2099 and all that stuff yeah and then um you know i think we talked about this when you were on my show the life of a comic book fan is kind of weird because you go in and out it's not like it's not necessarily a lifetime thing right you go and come back and so i had not been reading for a while but there was just always this place in my heart for more to be specific the marvel characters you know like i was a big fan of comic books and uh paneled storytelling the art of it but it was really like these fucking characters just could not leave my system and so when they started talking about like you know this is years after even um x-men the movie and uh sam raimi spider-man um that they were gonna put iron iron man I, like iron man of all people in this movie <laughs> like it just i flashed back so like so bad to like all of my youth and growing up with all these people yeah no it's insane and um being an la dude you're very do you feel like you're closer to the tv action than uh, most people or do you need to be in vancouver for that yeah i think it's vancouver toronto if you want to be um in the tv uh stuff i like you know i'm not close enough to la to um i don't know like really feel like i'm next to it but uh, on one of the, you know, most successful, most financially successful podcasts of all time, um, that really keeps me in there, right? I mean, just all of the checks that roll in because we cover these comic book TV shows. That's what makes me feel close to the action. Yeah, and you, and you get paid for positive opinions, don't you? Yeah, of course. I, I think a lot of people don't know um, what happens with our, our us podcasters, but every time you listen, we just get a check for a thousand dollars, and we want to say thank you for that. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I don't. I, I cash them monthly now. I can't even get down every week. So, my my uh, glove compartment in my car is just filled with uncashed podcast checks. It's like stop already. <laughs> All right. So you and Mike uh, knew each other from way back. So where how did the rest of the crew come together? And um, I mean, it's very good to have you got four on the show. Um, at the most, yep, that's really good because if one of you wants a week off, you can do that, or you know, someone. Yeah. It started off with me and Mike, and then we went to three, and then we went to four, just because of what you said. Like, week in, week out, it's a grind. Um, and so we really – and you, stuff like this, stuff that's like I don't know, glorified hobby, let's say, um, you know, once it starts to feel like a responsibility, then that's when people start to, you know, fall out. And so we wanted to make sure that everyone was having fun and it never felt that grindy. So we have four – and then that way we always have two on the show, right? So if just call in sick, do whatever you want. I've never done that. I'm there every week because I uh, things like responsibility and duty and loyalty are important to me. But that's not the case with my friends. So they'll yeah, just miss yeah. episodes whenever they want. Uh, and yeah, like uh, there's also so much to cover that we just need more people on the show. <laughs> yeah. So uh, in the year, are there times of the year where you just looking forward to the things the show's slowing down or vanishing for a little while like uh, at the moment i think you would call this a low period yes right now um we this week and last week um we have gone back and reviewed 1991's and 2010's human target um because there's nothing to watch right now uh and it's super fun because just uh, the fact that there were comic book shows on at 1991, you know, and like what their quality was, um, it stars Rick Springfield, um, Australia's own. Oh, really? He's yeah. The, uh, is he the Jesse's girl guy? Yes. 
Okay. I just want to make sure. Um, he's fine in it. Have you seen the either of the human targets? Do you remember them? Um, I've I've seen the second one. So well, the the two thousand ten two thousand ten was that when you said two thousand ten? Yeah. Yeah, I've seen a couple of episodes of that, but you know, it, w- it was never comic book enough for enough comic booky enough to get me, you know, watching. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's definitely you can tell it's in the past because they back then you just covered up your comic book roots you know like it was really embarrassing to be based on a comic book back then so you didn't want anybody to know now it's you know badge of honor uh but it's it's fun to go back to the history of tv uh i think for the next two weeks we were about to start covering snowpiercer but um the way that media works now is you make a tv show or a movie and you never show it to anybody so uh hbo max just said we're not gonna air snowpiercer and I don't know if you will ever see it. <laughs> and so we're just like, okay. And so we're just going back to uh, our old standby, covering more episodes of X-Men, the animated series until the CW shows come back. Yeah, I really enjoyed not watching Batgirl as well, that movie they made. One of the uh, best movies I've never seen. I will absolutely <laughs> say that. Yeah. All right. So how do you rate the state of things? Like, uh, Do you think that, uh, well, should we just break it down by... Um, Marvel, DC, and you know you can inform me of whatever other categories you want. So, what do you say about Marvel at the moment? Uh, how, how do they rate on the scale as far as quality and enjoyment for you? For me, and it's <laughs> again like we talked about. It's really hard to push my bias aside because I will do anything Marvel. You know, like I played terrible video games just because they had a Marvel character. Um, but I'm surprised that I'm finally starting to just wear down at the entire prospect. Um, I think that for a decade now, we've been hearing about how it's going to be over soon. The trend's going to be over. You know, Westerns were popular at some point and they went away. Marvel has just chugged along so hard. But I think there's something happening right now, both on TV and in theaters, that feels different, feels tired, feels a little bit going through the motions and I'm just not excited for stuff like I used to be. Um, Wakanda forever got really good reviews. It it literally might get nominated for best picture at the Oscars. And I was just sitting there like, this isn't a movie. This is a series of thoughts and ideas going from Namor to Julia Louis-Dreyfus, and I don't know what's happening anymore. Um, These aren't stories to me, as opposed to the first Black Panther, which was so tight, so focused, just about a person, right? I just, I'm not excited anymore. Yeah, yeah. Uh, My son was always, um, he and his mates would always go see a Marvel movie the the day it opened or the, the, the evening it started and be very excited for that. And now they still do it, but he actually resents it now, so... (laughs) (laughs) How old is he now? Uh, he's just turned 18, so. Okay. Uh, yeah, and I mean, that's also, he grew up with them. They were there when he was a boy, and now he's a man. And so I get that, too. But, like, that's what we're all going through, I think, is that, like, something's got to happen where they regather the focus or, I don't know, like, an ultimate universe. Do we restart everything? I'm not <laughs> sure. Um, but, yeah, it's maybe just take a break. I know that will never happen because money yeah uh, rules everything around us but man i don't know that's that's an la guy observation isn't it <laughs> yeah 
and the TV shows have sort of changed. We had the Netflix stuff um, for Marvel for a while and a few other weird things. And now it, it's all Disney Plus, Disney Plus, Plus, Plus. So, uh, I mean, do you think that the last batch we got from Disney Plus were, were good in your mind? I I don't know. <laughs> like, they have their moments. Um, and I also found that I'm, my opinions are wildly different than everybody else's. Um, everybody thought Moon Knight was great. I thought it just ran out of steam and sucked um i think i like <laughs> she hulk more than most dudes i talked to um a lot of well, with, a, with a woman in charge what <laughs> yeah it's they, they're confused and they're like okay so this hold on let me, this main character doesn't have a penis i do not know what's going on right now and i do not like it the cool thing about the tv shows is that with something like she hulk we could try new stuff right we can uh, try new tones or uh, moods or genres. And that's what uh, She-Hulk was not 100% successful. But um, I want to see new things. And yeah. I, I appreciated them doing something different. Yeah. If the people who bitch about She-Hulk are bitching about your show, you did something good. If people are on 4chan or whatever um, saying She-Hulk sucks, if you piss off those people, that means you did a good job and I applaud you. <laughs> Yeah, um, my wife and I really enjoyed She-Hulk, um, whereas, you know, I watched a bit of Ms. Marvel and, you know, thought, well, I like it, but my wife won't because it's a bit too inside baseball for her. Um, we like the the Christmas special, the Guardians of the Galaxy Christmas special. Yeah, I'm, st well, I'm still trying to get my family to watch Werewolf by Night. So. <laughs> that might be the best thing in the last five years. That's yeah. the best hour, I think. Um, but, yeah, just like you, my wife, like she hulk and she had probably about two years ago she had said i'm done you can go to the movie theater without me i never again will i watch this shit and uh are we married to the same person <laughs> uh we might be like between the wives and the beards i feel like we're in a podcast mirror right now <laughs> um yeah well middle-aged white guys talking on a podcast it's unusual but you know oh, here we yeah. are where else are you going to get that? Like, it's so hard to come by these days. <laughs> All right. So do you, are you excited by where Marvel is going or the prospects of what might be happening soon? I mean, does, does Kang excite you? Kang is a comic book character. Very <laughs> much excites me. Uh, Kang is a comic book character excites me in like a reading sense, in a sexual sense. Uh, <laughs> Kang rules. Um, every word out of that guy's mouth is amazing and hilarious. Um, as a Marvel character, I, you know, I love the actor that's playing him. Um, I'm so stoked that they're going to just throw him into the center of it all. Uh, but I just, what I want is Ant-Man or something at some point to be a story that is told with an act one, act two, act three in this theater. I want a theater going experience that feels like a story was told to me. Um, Quantumania, you guys could do it. You guys could save us. You guys could like... Uh, I don't know, give us all new feelings towards the Marvel situation. But based on the trailer, based on recent history, I just, I think it's going to be more of the same of just like, let's walk from point A to point B in this grand Marvel experiment instead of one story. Yeah, um, it does have that vibe. And certainly the excitement is gone from it. Like um, Quantum Mania, I mean, I like the Ant-Man movies a lot. They're kind of, I think of them as being fun and light and a bit different from the other fair that was coming in around them. 
and going back a bit, I, I thought Shang-Chi was probably the most fun I've had in a Marvel film for a while. The Eternals was certainly a movie. Um, yeah, and I haven't even seen Wakanda Forever yet. Doctor Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Man. I, yeah, it, it's all like, you're kind of going, what's the plan here? When's, when's the real plan come along? Are you just, you know, putting your chess pieces on the board for a game later? I mean, that's what it feels like. Yeah, and like... I would, I, one of the worst things to ever happen to the MCU, right, is I think the low, low point is, is what we call on my podcast Thor's back, right? Because there was this point in, I want to say Age of Ultron, yeah. where he just goes away and it's to like sit in water and it has nothing to do with the current movie and it only has stuff to do with future movies. And that was this like red flag. Like this is a warning sign that I know that's something that comic books do, right, is like, have characters go places like that but like guys we're making movies here and the movies need to be themselves and i don't think that they've learned that lesson i think that the constant barrage of stuff that happens in things like multiverse of madness which i did kind of like and wakanda forever like this is dangerous guys we need to tell a story yeah, I mean, and plus the women getting, you know, major roles in the movies, that's been upsetting too. Yeah, just like, look, I, the characters have to have a penis. I don't have to see it. If I if you show it to me, that's cool. But, like, it better be there. It doesn't have to be full do diddy just, you know. If, 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 like, if the character is a woman, how would I relate? Because I'm a man, so I wouldn't even understand what's happening. Marvel <laughs> fixer shit. Yes. Okay, now, DC is a uh, different kettle of shit um most of the time yeah what what do you think about dc films and do you need to do um partition things like joker and the batman from things like black adam and shazam we're still in this holding period um i don't have enough the same affinity for dc characters so i'm less biased you know like i don't hate them but it's easier for me to say when something is good or bad than marvel that's Um, really generous of you <laughs> I, I don't hate DC characters. I fucking so I don't know if I'm allowed to curse on here. I uh, and yes, it's difficult for me to um, tolerate Zack Snyder as a filmmaker. So if I do have animosity, it's more from him than these fictional characters. Um, I just think that like just a piss poor storyteller, camera holder, uh, everything about that guy and the way he makes movies bugs me. Um, which again is not does not leave the internet saying kind things to me um, I, <laughs> I don't know where the internet gets their crushes and why they're always people who I feel the opposite about but um, DC's been in a rough place it continues to be in a rough place but the rough place that they're in now is better than the one they were in before because before it was rough because it was confusing and now it's rough because they're getting focus and it's uh, you know there's baby steps and there's going to be some pain along the way um you know we all remember what happened to henry cavill a couple weeks ago where he was like i for sure will be back and then everybody was like you won't be and he said shit i guess i won't be um follow that up with the rock which this was i like henry cavill but the rock whatever uh the rock straight up said um guys don't worry i'm in charge of dc the comic books the movies movies in general i'm in charge (laughs) of uh show business um i the other day i purchased show business and now i'm in charge of it all so 
I'll be around for Black Adam forever. And then they were like, no, the answer is no, buddy. Kick rocks. <laughs> so the fact that they're slowly going through and saying, here's what we're going to do. The only thing we know, no, like the only thing we know for sure is that a young Superman script is being written by James Gunn. And other than that, the world is totally wide open. And that's exciting. Because I, I can't tell you the last time I was excited at the, um, I don't know, the state of DC movies. And the fact that we don't know anything, that's what's exciting, I think. Yeah, I, I guess the, the Moses for this has been, you know, um, the Suicide Squad movie and the Peacemaker show, which I think, are, well, definitely the Peacemaker show is probably the best thing that I've seen from DC uh, media in the last, you know, 10 years. For sure. And I think that them uh, backing John Cena is great because uh, anytime um, you find somebody who has just the, the integrity and the heart to say what he believes and then 30 seconds later learn Chinese so he can apologize profusely for it and say that he was wrong, um, that's the kind of soldier you want on your team. I think. <laughs> and his comedy chops are just, uh, I think everyone has underestimated how funny he, he is and his capabilities as a, a performer. I mean, that bit where he just um, ad-libs all the names of people who could have been contacted instead. <laughs> you know, I can't yes. do that. I am, uh, as an LA dude, I could totally do it. I'm not going to demonstrate, but just take my word, I could definitely do it. Um, but yeah, I think that like, there's a couple of roles. Uh, was that movie Blockers? Yeah. Um, there's a couple of things where it was like, damn, this guy's maybe more than a meathead or whatever. Um, I don't know how much range, but the range that he's got, I will keep watching. Yeah. That's <laughs> disconcerting. <laughs> Your camera is so far back. I can, you know, I can see. You look like you're 50 meters back from the camera in that room. I Yeah, this is um, how I, I did this when I was teaching during the pandemic um, because every teacher that my kids had uh, camera in nostril. Like, yeah, you could you could see the back of their brain through their nose. Um, and I just the way that I had it set up during the pandemic, um, my little office here was I had a desk and then next to it was a, like a lazy boy. Um, I just felt like the host of my own talk show. Like I just felt like I, I could bring a guest on at any moment and <laughs> it made zooming more fun. Wow. What about the Joker too? Does that, you know, does that do anything for you? So much of this stuff is fan based. Like I, I, like I, I, some, sometimes some of the sports teams that I'm a fan of, um, are because I hate the fan base of their rival because their, their fan base just acts so poorly. Um, one of the worst fan bases I think that we've seen in years um, just had their king fall. Um, Rick and Morty people, uh, just terrible people, terrible people to be around. Um, and I don't think coincidentally, um, their Justin Roiland, their king, um, you know, turns out that he was a bad person, very bad person. Uh, I don't think that Todd Phillips is that. But the fandom for the Joker movie just turns me off of it you know like the way that people talk about it I, I just feel like they're getting the wrong lessons from the movie they're celebrating the wrong things um yeah some I, people I, think he's a real hero like homelander yeah exactly uh, <laughs> that that classic guy um when i was a kid i don't know if you remember a, a little movie called uh fight club um oh, yeah. very influential to my generation and the, the dudes around and 
you grow up and you realize like that movie's making fun of you guys. You know, like that that movie is not you guys are not celebrating it in the right way. I get the same impression with Joker. Um, so Joker 2, I just it's not that I don't want to see the movie. It's that I don't want to continue the discourse. I don't want it to just be around all the time. I uh, the guy dancing on the steps, you know, like the guy sticking his head out the window as the police car drives, like all of that. We have to go through that again. I, I'm just, the movie will be fine. I love Lady Gaga, but shit, here we go. Here we go again. Yeah, well, it could possibly piss off all the fans and do something they don't want. So that could be fun. That I love. That for those people to be upset is just my favorite thing. Um, I mean, it it's supposed to be a musical, yeah, like literally, yeah. like singing and dancing. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, well, I've just been reading um, the comic Harleen, which is a sort of a, a really deep dive on the origin of um, Harley and Joker and how, how she crossed from being a, a a staff member at Arkham Asylum to his girlfriend. So, you know, I think there is a lot there to explore, but um, it's all got to be based on male lies, really, and gaslighting. I mean, that that's all it can be at the end of the day. You know, otherwise, you know, he's right and she's, you know, right for joining him. But the Harley story is always going to be about her breaking free of his influence eventually. So, and that's the thing that, like, that's the thing that scares me is that when these people see stories like that, you know, like, I don't want them to get the wrong ideas. I don't, I don't think it's a good idea for these people who are like, you know, there's a million awesome fans of the Joker. Like, I'm not trying to shit on everybody. I'm making a blanket statement about a certain type of internet incel misogynistic yeah. hate-filled person they see things like gaslighting and um you know uh hardly clearly being a victim of a bad situation and they get the wrong lesson they're like that seems cool i want to be like that joker guy and that scares the shit out of me yeah there's a, I'm a tv show down in australia called bump which is um basically it's a, a sort of family drama based on a, a girl having a baby while she's at high school but um one of the dads in that he he went to um, the movies and bumped into a bloke and they just started talking and he be he became really good friends with this guy but they never kept in contact so he didn't have his contact details so he basically created an app so men could you know find other men to be friends with and um, yeah the whole thing gets taken over by incels and women haters. <laughs> And then he just sells all their data and closes the whole thing down. So you know, I think that's a lesson for everyone. I, I, like locusts. Like they're like a plague of locusts, just attacking everything that we hold near and dear to our hearts. Yeah. As for the rest of the slate on TV, so you, you've got what sort of things, you know, stand out for you as far as, I mean, you've got your warrior and you've got your uh, resident alien. Um, you know, do, I find a lot of people don't even know that these are comic book things. Yeah. And I mean, like the the channels or the networks or the streamers or whatever, they don't necessarily advertise that because they're not part of famous IP. Right. So they're not part of a world that everybody already knows. Um, even if Resident Alien was like a super small niche Marvel show, they would promote the Marvel aspect out of it like crazy. But because it's, I think, Dark Horse. Excuse me. Yeah. Um, and it's not. I, I had never heard of the comic book before the show came out. Um, I didn't know anybody who read it. It, it. You know, like that aspect is not important. I have read it since. It's not the same. Um, the comic book is really grounded, um, really interesting. Uh, 
the show, which I love, is much broader, much more. How do I say, Alan Tudikier? Uh, <laughs> he's just like his his hand and his charm and his I don't know his personality are all over that show in a way that the comic book didn't have. Um, but yeah, like Warrior Nun, um, these shows they don't need the comic book. I'm surprised that they even paid for the IP instead of just stealing the idea, doing something similar, and then not having to pay for it. I think what Warrior Nun is done though, right? Netflix just said we're not going to make any more. And then that's the crazy thing with these shows too is that you never hear people talk about them. Yeah. But the contingency, like the their close little group are crazy. Like when Warrior Nun got canceled by Netflix, uproar. Like I had no idea all these people watch Warrior Nun. The biggest one I've ever seen is Winona Earp. Um, uh-huh. A favorite of ours from a couple years ago. I didn't know anybody watched it but um when it was finally going off the air just huge like huge group of fans that uh, are really dedicated to it yeah wow what do you which show is, do you think is the best um we just did all of our yearly awards uh and i mean not as prestigious as the oscars but like more important than the baftas i think there's our awards are somewhere between the oscars and the baftas and uh resident alien cleaned up like resident alien just won everything and like the the, one of the reasons it's easy to recommend you know like all four of us on the show we're not the same it's not exactly a hive mind we all have different likes and dislikes but this is this show is broadly appealing you know it's uh not too hard sci-fi where it's a bunch of jargon and uh, lingo it's funny it's got great performances it's one of the most recommendable shows that we've watched uh-huh. So, and what else is under under the radar for everybody? I'm uh, I'm gonna pull up my show notes from my podcast so I can uh, take a look here. Um, I don't know if you have heard of this show, but there's something called, and I want to make sure I'm pronouncing this correctly. Uh, Doom Patrol is a show that just came back on HBO Max, and I uh, can we talk about that real quick because I want to see. Yeah, what I think of the first sure. of this season. Yeah. I think I've heard of. Do, uh, like, how do you think we we started off the fourth season? The fourth, uh, I thought it went a little bit backwards as far as because I thought the team were in a better place at the end of um, season three, and now there there's a lot of um, depression and drinking. Yeah, um, well, you know, you know, Doom Patrol. Like, let's get into those pathos. Let's. Uh, <laughs> we're gonna tell funny jokes. We're gonna have weird things, but also trauma. These people have experienced trauma, and we're gonna deal with it. Yeah. Um, one show that just got canceled, I think, after its third season. Um, but I highly recommend if the CW sort of thing seems too cheesy and young for you, um, I would still recommend Stargirl. Um, I love Stargirl. Stargirl is actually probably my favorite of the things I've been watching. As like as a diehard um, Peter Parker person since you know since I was a little kid, um, of just that like power responsibility as a child as like a kid trying to make it trying to balance um crime fighting and homework all of that stuff i thought star girl did it so good i was so shocked by that show yeah and um, they could afford more justice society members than the black adam movie yeah what did they, they have four i think right <laughs> wow what a society <laughs> and one of them that they picked is adam smasher yeah fight black adam but they're not the same adams um one more show i want to tell you about because this one is shocking when I tell people this, but I'm not saying great. I'm not saying like, you know, going to win Emmys, but way better than you would ever think is Pennyworth. 
which they threw after that so people knew what it was the origin of batman's butler uh, um, i don't believe you <laughs> it's you will be shocked that this like sort of james bond light you know austin powers light um it's shockingly well made shockingly well written um it's it's crazy that it's actually worth watching penny worth watching Anyway, yeah, I still don't believe you. I'm, I'm going to check it out. But uh, DC seems to do this thing where they have a an interesting IP and then they build something derived from that without the central IP, like um, Krypton and Gotham. And yeah. yeah it's, wait, you love this character? All right, fuck you. We're getting rid of him as soon as possible. <laughs> Yeah, it's very weird that they do it, and they keep doing it. Um, so um, good on them, but uh, yeah, it's it's so bizarre. I mean, we all want a Gotham Central show, and you know, you don't have to not have Batman in it, but you don't have to make him central. Um, it's you know about the cops. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that show, that show was wild. I was that show a big deal? Like, was that show popular? Does that show uh, well remembered Gotham? I've got some friends who are big fans, yeah. But um, I think a lot of people just struggled to, you know, climb over the barrier to start watching it. Yeah, and I think it struggled with its tone where in the beginning, I think it thought like, oh, we're just going to do The Wire. Like, this is going to be um, a hardcore police show just takes place in Gotham. And that, that was never going to fly. And so by the end, when they were like, all right, screw it. We're just going to do every wacky idea we can think of. That's the show. That's the show yeah. that should have been the entire time. Yeah. It's, it's like Legends of Tomorrow when it, you know, when it just stopped trying to be something uh, that, you know, already existed. Uh, yeah. I mean, I can't tell you a show I love more where I would say skip the first season than Legends of Tomorrow. Um, that is, if you want to know what kind of podcast I have, uh, that is our single most favorite show of all time but the first season is just they they don't know what they're doing they don't know why they're doing it it's rough one of the other best shows on tv um this one is not you know under the radar i know you know this one but um like one of the funniest comedies one of the best um i don't know like relationship shows character development shows just uh everything's pitch perfect is harley quinn and um, the fact that they got rid of the Joker is such a big deal. You know, the fact that he is barely, barely, barely a supporting character um, and not constantly ruining Harley's life. But the reason I bring up Harley Quinn is because I do think that there's something happening at DC that isn't at Marvel, um, which is if you have an idea, if you have a pitch for something that's weird, do it, you know, we'll pay for it. And so maybe Pennyworth isn't your bag or maybe um, Peacemaker isn't your bag. Um, but Peacemaker, Harley Quinn, uh, Pennyworth, those are three wildly different shows. You know, it's not that um, you have to have the smell and the taste of all of the other shows around you. You know, you have to feel like you came out of the uh, Kevin Feige cookie cutter factory. You know, you can just go and you can tell your own story. And that's why I think DC is so much more successful right now is that they're attracting auteurs like let's be straight up auteurs to come and tell their vision um even if that is uh harley quinn and clayface uh talking about farts uh all day long um it's it's new it's fresh it's like and that's so much more exciting than seeing the same show over and over again yeah yeah no you're right about harley quinn and it really minds 
obscure characters in different ways. And uh, the the Harley and Ivy relationship is just a goldmine for entertainment, really. And that's the first place they've really exploited it outside of the comics. Right. And low bar for Ivy to climb when the last boyfriend was the Joker. But uh, the, they're, I don't know, just like they do the mundane so well. They do the real problems that real couples have they have those conversations. Ivy and Harley dressed like they dressed, full makeup, full covered in leaves or whatever the hell she wears. Um, but they're having these real problems, you know. Uh, I I don't know what the incels think about Harley Quinn. Um, maybe we can get some of them on the horn and they can tell us. But uh, for you non-incels out there, it's a delight. <laughs> How long do you think you're going to be doing your show? And you know, is what's 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 your breaking point? What's going to do it? Uh, <laughs> um. Well, I have a two-year-old, so the show has lasted pregnancy and birth. Yes, I I thought that when you have a kid, you have to quit podcasting because I thought when you have a kid, that's it for your life. I was uh, brought up only my entire education revolves around '80s sitcoms and '80s stand-up comics who are just <laughs> talk about how if you get married or you have a kid, your life is over. Other than that, like I gotta say, we're getting older. And uh, it's harder to find the time to hang out, go to bars, you know, go on vacation with friends. And besides the service, the worldly service that we do for the planet of giving them our voices and our thoughts and our ideas, I, it's like it's so much more than a responsibility to me. It's a way to connect with, you know, some of my favorite people. Um, if it, it being on the show, have the grind of the show drives me insane, but I think not having the show would drive me more insane faster, if that makes sense. It's part of your routine and it's, it's a pattern, but it's also, you know, a support network. I mean, I've certainly done really well in my life because of just podcasting has put me in touch with so many people. Um, you know, I, I live on a farm. I mean, there's my town has 400 people in it and, uh, yeah, it's just fantastic because I've got friends all over the world. So, right. You, I mean, like we talked about, I'm in, I'm in LA. I'm in a, stu- a movie studio right now, and while I'm talking to you, I'm signing contracts for movies to be made and stuff. Uh, you were in Australia, and I just got a fax that said that this is the longest anybody from Australia has talked to somebody from America, and the American person did not do an Australian accent. I now have the record, and uh, I am, a, I have the trophy in my head, and I'm going to cherish it forever. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting, the Australian accent, most people think it's an accent. It's actually the absence entirely of an accent. So what oh, you're doing shit. is place, you're just stripping out all the accent and that's what you're left with. So. I forgot. That's what I meant to say. I, right now, I'm doing a stupid idiot American Los Angeles accent as opposed to your ac- lack of accent, which is yeah. how people talk. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, thank you, Ryan. Thank you so much for having me on your show and thank you for coming on my show. Before yeah. we go... Um, can I can I take over and uh, host a new show I just thought of? Yeah, sure. Yeah, go for it. Because uh, you've got an 18-year-old and I've got a two-year-old. And um, I want to know, because I'm about to get into some stuff. Um, you know, she's <laughs> getting older and she's going to get her own opinions. Um, what was it like with you as, uh, you know, a super dork who has all of their favorite stuff with a kid? Did you... Were you able to share it with him? Did you pressure him? Did you like, did he uh, eventually get into the same stuff as you? Uh, the the thing to learn early on is you have no control of it. And if it happens, that's great. 
Um, but I, I've got a 23 year old daughter too. So, uh, but um, you know, they, I can't make them like Star Wars, uh, you know, I, and if they like something, it's based on them. So, I mean, both of them are super into video games and manga. So I, you know, and that's divorced me. And I, I literally have, you know, this fantastic comic book library in my room and they're like, and like, come on in kids you can read some of the best books ever written and you know they they never come in and they never read what i want for them you know <laughs> so you can't control it do well what about this then do you did you think that they were at any point averse to any of this stuff because dad was into it um possibly <laughs> possibly hard to define uh i mean my son got really into um, marvel films but i mean he loves jurassic world like more than anyone else on the planet so <laughs> <laughs> so you know you you can't pick and choose but um you know there are benefits like my son really got into horror like he he went from being incredibly scared of five nights of freddy to obsessed with it in about you know three months and you know then it was like he wanted to watch uh, freddy krueger and all this sort of stuff and i was always sort of you know held back a bit from horror because i was the wuss when i was a kid <laughs> but now i'm watching way more horror than ever ever before because he wants to watch horror now so you yeah. know yeah that's i mean that's a perfect answer is that they're never gonna like your exact same stuff but for them to bring new stuff to you you know like they they bring their likes to you and you guys bond over that like i think that sounds awesome yeah yeah and, and my son is you know he's wandering around today going it's last of us is on today we're we gonna watch last of us as soon as it comes out <laughs> yeah um i'm just so nervous that what if what if she's like athletic or cool you know, oh yeah. Then I'm out of my element. Yeah, well, my kids aren't like that at all. So that you know, they I mean they get the worst traits of you. They basically get the worst traits of you and magnify them, and then you've got to work out whether they're that bad. So yeah. When uh, when my baby was born and uh she didn't have red hair, me and my wife were so excited, like, oh, she's not gonna have to live the life of a ginger like her father. Yeah. She did have a big beard when she was born, though. That was weird. <laughs> Yeah, you are the dad. Yeah, yeah, I'm just I'm excited to see the person she becomes in the what if she's into the Joker? You know, like we don't know what's gonna happen. <laughs> All right. So um do you want to name drop anyone before we go? Yes, um, please. All uh listeners, um waiting for Doom, Dial F, all of the the the, the Paul Ubra, um, please download, uh subscribe to, rate, review. Do not care if you listen. Um, it's better for you if you don't listen, but just make sure that you rate and review and subscribe to the Superhero Show Show, which uh, attempts to cover every single comic book TV show. Um, right now is the lull, so it's a good time to jump on, hear about Human Target, hear about um, X-Men, the animated series, which everybody wants to hear about. Uh, and then also, do me a favor, a show that needs much more propping up. Um, there's a podcast about the TV show The O.C. going on right now. Um, with two of its stars. They're going episode through episode. And if you go over there, it's called Welcome to the OC Bitches. Uh, and with Melinda Clark and Rachel Bilson and the most recent episode, uh, if you're wondering what I look like, this guy, Mike, I keep talking about how handsome we are. Um, it's on YouTube. You will see us on the couch talking to those lovely ladies about the single greatest TV show of all time, the OC. Wow. Does Pacey ever drop by? No, that's uh, God, that's Dawson's Creek, but I like so frustrating, so frustrating. <laughs> and all right, well, drop by the Peach Pit and 
have yourself an app. Uh, dude, I'm going to get so mad. I'm going to start throwing <laughs> recording equipment. I'm too old for you. <laughs> if you dare mention One Tree Hill, that's it. I'm out. I'm, I'm out. All right. Well, thank you so much for that. I, I do actually want to just um, wax your kangaroo a little bit before we go, because you do... I think the way you tackle the shows is really um, sane. Like you don't go and this happened and this happened and this happened. You tend to go, what's the stupidest thing that happened in the app? What's the best thing that happened in the app? Um, what's the funniest line? Uh, who's the best person in it? You know, and that sort of thing. And that is great. And I'm actually stealing that for our coverage of Doom Patrol because uh, if I go through every single thing that happens in Doom Patrol, I'll probably kill myself. Um, so yeah, I, I'm really appreciating that. So. If you want the beat by beat, you know, like watch along with the show. But like, yeah, like uh, we just we want to sort of break the show open instead of more hangout and discussion than recap. You know, like yeah, recap, yeah, recaps other places. Yeah, and it's fantastic. So I really recommend it. Well, thank um, you. Yeah, and what's the? Can I? Can you just explain the pop filter thing? Is that I don't understand it completely. Is is that a sponsorship or is it? Uh, is it, it just? Is, our website is popfilter.co. So all of the shows that we do are under this umbrella called Pop Filter, um, which we thought was hilarious because uh, it's what you put on your mic when you're recording. Um, and it's also like we are the filter for the pop culture that you watch. You put that on mic when you record. Yes, we put it, we tie one to his head. Um, uh, it's like the sponge that you put on the head of somebody before you electrocute them. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that old ditty. Um, so. <laughs> The Superhero Show Show, Movie of the Year, um, The OCD, these are all shows under the pop filter umbrella. And the Movie of the Year, what's the, you know, go through that for me quick. So um, Movie of the Year, uh, you know, Paul, as you said, there just wasn't enough middle-aged white dudes talking about their opinions on movies. So um, with Movie of the Year, what we do is we uh, go back in time to any given year. Uh, we've done 91, 99, 80, 77. We've done a bunch of years. Um put all these movies in a bracket and then they sort of have to fight it out you know we watched these movies with a 2023 lens um what holds up what what was what were we told was the movie of the year in that year and what is it now basically how much has that changed so uh -huh. for instance in 99 we were all told it was a movie called american beauty that's not the case that is definitely <laughs> not the movie of the year that movie was eviscerated um but yeah so i uh, just a modern way of talking with these movies but the same thing it's not a recap it's you know we really break down and uh that one oftentimes the episodes will go longer than the movie that we're covering so just watch out for that oh wow, wow. so how, how many movies in the bracket uh we start so each season um we start with 64 and we fight it out until there's eight and once we get our elite eight then each of those get a, an episode Right. Wow. So when we start with 64, we're just like going, you know, shooting from the hip based on like reputation and if we've seen it before. But uh, eight movies all get a rewatch, get their own episode. And then at the end of the season, um, we finish the bracket and say, hey, what is the actual movie of the year? Wow. Okay. That sounds great. I want to hear when you do 1990 because I think Tremors is the best movie of that year. Dude, I will fight for Tremors. I will absolutely fight for Tremors. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks very much for your time. Uh, this has been really good. And uh, yeah, I'll put in links in the in the whatever the social thing, whatever we're going to be using when this comes out, whether it's, I don't know, 
I'll send out a, a raven with a, a, a tag for your show. So. Uh, but for me and all of my people, it's Truth Social. Um, Trump twenty four. <laughs> is that what? Is that what you guys think of all Americans? No, I know enough Americans to know that's not the case. But you know, I mean, I, I am admiring the gun rack on the wall behind me. So. Oh sure. I mean, you you might need a gun at any point. I need a rack <laughs> next to me just in case. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, thank you very much, and um, yeah, enjoy your time in LA and with all the hookers and blow. Thanks for having me. Uh, I do have to go hookers and blow and calling my name, but thank you so much for putting me on here.